You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening. Thank you so much for tuning in. You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast, and I am your host, Prophetess Marie Elizabeth. And I thank you so much for joining me on this Monday evening. I know that you heard a word on the Lord from yesterday from your various leaders, but I'm here to remind you today of a little something we talked about on last week where we said that you can indeed go now. You can indeed move forward and what God has promised you. But you see, before we move forward, before we move ahead, there are some things that we must understand. Hence, today we are talking about exit expectations. Put that in the chat there. Exit expectations. That's what we're talking about today. See, because as we move forward to incorporate that Joshua anointing, remember I said in our movement and purpose, as we transform ourselves into that Joshua generation, we have to pull the lessons that have been left for us to understand the foundation that we have that God has left for us to understand in the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua. And then to understand what it means to us today, we're going to look into Acts. See, we have to understand spiritual movement. We must understand the battles or the conflicts that are going to come with spiritual movement. And then we must understand how to remain conquerors in the face of adversity. See, there is a lot today that we can learn from yesterday, from yesterday. There is a point in time that we come to in God where we must reach back for the foundation to understand what indeed we are standing on because it tells us what we have. And if we understand what we have, we can understand what we are capable of. We must understand our commission, our ability to move about. We need to be clear with movement and progress, what it looks like, so that when we get off course, we can quickly recalibrate so that we can gain the ground that has been lost quickly and swiftly. See, this past year, we've learned a lot. We've learned a lot about what God wants and what God doesn't want. So that's why now, even though God has given us, quote unquote, the green light, and we can begin to go now and what God has promised us and who he has said that we are, we have not always in the past understood movement and what movement actually looks like in God. We have not always understood exactly what God is requiring of us. And because we have not always understood, we have moved in what we thought God wanted. We gave God what he, we thought that he was asking for. But see, we're in a new dispensation now. And God wants to tell, he wants to talk to us directly about what he is requiring of us. But he's understood that in order for us to understand what is required of us, we must understand what he's already put in us. See, because if you understand, if you have a knowledge a knowledge of what you actually hold in your hands, it is a lot easier to move. And it's also a lot easier to understand what movement looks like. For so many years, we've been speaking a different language than God himself. 
It's almost as if God is talking French and we are speaking English. And God is saying, I want you to take the time to understand what I'm saying. Speak my language so that your language, because we're in the earth realm and we've been in the earth realm, some of us, 20, 30, 40, 50, even 60 years. You can't tell me that the language of the earth has not affected has not affected your communication with God. We're talking to God as if we're talking to another human being instead of talking to an all-encompassing being, a, a Lord, a Savior. And that takes time to learn his language, learn what he is saying to us and his expectations because go to him might not mean go to us. Movement to him, might we might interpret it different in our language, having been in this earth so long. And we might think that the movement that we're making is indeed progress, but in, in speaking with God and talking with God, we find out that we don't actually understand what it is he wants. We read our scriptures day after day, yet we do not understand what God is requiring of us. We do not understand his actual ask of us. So we give him something that he doesn't even want. So we're going to start off today when we're talking about exit expectations. We're going to start off by by just understanding a few things like movement. Let's understand what movement is. Movement in the Greek is traffic. It is motion. It is, guess what? Redeployment. It is a change in account, a change in account. And then we also need to understand, and this is for where we're going, because God will be assigning us territory as we move forward. So I want you to understand what territory is, because guess what? You are not to go out and make an attempt at conquering the entire world. He has assigned a territory to you. He has assigned a territory to us, to each of us, so that the world may know of him. But just because he wants the world to know of him, it doesn't mean you alone represent the world, represent the per or the representative to go everywhere and be all over telling people everything. He may have a different person assigned to Chicago and a different person assigned to Atlanta. A different person may be assigned to Chicago and and the Caribbeans, and another person may be assigned to Atlanta and uh, the, um, the the another island or another another Russia. You may be aware the assignments will be divided so that we can be effective effective and what God is calling us to do. So we must understand our soil. Why do we need to understand our territory, our soil? Because we need to understand where we're planting that seed. We need to understand that ground. Can that ground hold the seed that we are planting? We need to understand the dominion of the regions that we are traveling to. We need to understand the region and what part of that region we are to be in, the district, the country, the land. How about this? The realm. We need to understand what is ours to conquer. And God is specific. He's specific in his instructions to Joshua, which is where we're going. Joshua one, just like he's specific when he's talking to his disciples and acts and where they are to go. Peter was not everywhere. John was not everywhere. They went to specific areas, each one of them, and they conquered the world in totality. They infected the world. See, because God has a strategy. God has a strategy and his strategy sometimes will have us go in one area, not knowing that that area influences another nearby area that he might not tell us to go in, but he might have us touch someone in that area. And that person will go to the area nearby to them. That's that's on the border of them. And it might not be us. 
It might not be us. So we have to be clear on where God is calling us to. Why? Because we want to make sure where we plant that seed, that soil is ripe for that seed. And that soil is that seed, that soil is that ground is ripe for that, for that soil. We, where we plant that seed, we must be clear. We must be clear. So we're in Joshua 1. We're in Joshua 1, where it says, and I'm reading in the Amplified Version, now it happened after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua. He spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses's servant, attendant, it says in parentheses, and this is what he told them. He said, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise to take his place, cross over the Jordan. He's being specific. This is what you're going to do. You're going to cross over this Jordan. You, and he's telling them who you're going to take with them. You and all this people into the land which I am giving them to the sons of Israel. So we see a lot in the first verse, in that second verse. <clears throat> we see that he's instructing um, jo Joshua who he's going to take with him, you and all this people. So what does that tell me? That tells me that not everyone is going, you and all this people. He might say you and them and they. I'm bringing it current, but he told them you and all these people. And then where are you going to go? You're going into the land, which I am giving them. So the people that are with Joshua, he's taking those people to their land. So the mission that you, that God sends you on will be a mission that he will tell you who to take with you. And when he tells you those folks to take with you, those are the folks that leaders you must take with you. Why? Because the land that he is giving, he is giving to them. So if you have someone with you who's who wasn't designated to be with you, they will have no land. Only the people that God has designated to be with you will receive the land. It says all this people into the land that I am given to them, to the sons of Israel. So I also see here that the Lord, he positions, he positions the people that Josh, because those people that Joshua has, that he's assigning Joshua to take with him are the people that are assigned to Joshua because the people, remember now, there were those because of unbelief, they died. They died as they traveled these almost 40 years. Those, some people did actually die. Why? Because they weren't the people that Joshua was supposed to have with him and take into the land because there was no land there for them because of their disbelief. There was no land there for them. So they had to die before Joshua began to carry them over. Because had he tried to take someone over that wasn't meant to go over, there would have been nothing for them there. And I also see here in verse two, where God is giving Joshua specific instructions. So leaders, that tells me that God will give you specific instructions. You don't have to grab at, you don't have to guess, you don't even have to assume whom God has for you to take over, the people that he has for you to take over, the people whom he has land for. He will instruct you as to who those people are. And he says to them, I have given you in verse three in the Amplified Version, I have given you every place on which the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. So the people who did not believe, they heard of the promised land, but they never made it to the promised land. And the people who believed, they were Joshua's portion. And those people, those people went with Joshua to 
the promised land. Now let's get into some of the specifics here because he breaks down which land is theirs and where they are to go. He says here in verse four, your land, your land is from the wilderness in parentheses, it says of Arabia in the South and this Lebanon and then in parentheses in the amplified version it has in the North, even as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates in parentheses it has in the East and all the land of the Hittites in parentheses it has Canaan and as far as the great in parentheses it has Mediterranean Sea toward the west shall be your territory. So he assigns them specific territory from the wilderness to Lebanon, even as far as the great river of Euphrates and all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the west, that's your territory. That is your territory. That's where you have been assigned. And see, here's another thing. In verse five, look at this now. It says, no man will be able to stand before you. In parentheses, it has to oppose you. No man will stand before you to oppose you as long as you live. Stop right there. No man is going to be able to, to, to stand before you or to oppose you. Why is that? Because Joshua had the right people. He had the right people going to the right place. He had the right people going to the right place. Hear me, leaders. You can only take with you who God is saying to take with you. Why? Otherwise, they will be defeated in the new land. Why? The people that are with Joshua are the people that God assigned to Joshua. And these people are assigned a specific territory. And in that specific territory, no man is going to stand before them or oppose them as long as they live. Which means that if you try to take people with you that God has not assigned to you, not only will they not have land, not only will they not have the promise, they will be defeated. They will be defeated. We must get this leaders. You only can take with you whom God has told you to take with you to the land that is assigned to them in order and that land, when they, when they are in that land, nothing will oppose them. So how do you know? I'm going backwards. How do you know if you have people with you if you have people with you traveling to a land, why? How do you know that those are not the people? Because they will have no land and they will be defeated. Why? Because when opposition comes, they will be defeated. The opposition, he will only, he will only he will only, there are, there is only no opposition before the people that God has assigned. And he says, I'm going to be present with you just as I was with Moses. I will be with you. I will not fail you or abandon. Taking people with you that God has not assigned to you, they will have, they will be in lack. They will be defeated. Why? Because God has already abandoned them. We must be clear leaders as we go into movement. And then as we're moving forward, if we are unable to conquer the territory that God has assigned to our hands, if we are being defeated by the folks in the land that we are indeed supposed to move out of the land, then God has abandoned us. What is in the camp that God has already abandoned? What is in your camp that God has already abandoned that you're trying to hold on to? Be very careful because God's promises are for those that he has assigned with you. 
God's promises are for those that he has assigned it to assigned to be with you. See, God is making promises. He's making promises. He's swearing them by his self, which means that we don't get to change them. We don't get to interject into those promises. He has already sworn them to our forefathers by himself. He's sworn them by himself. See, God has already promised to remove the opposition. He's promised to be with you. He's promised not to fail you. He's promised not to abandon you. To the people of God, who are you trying to drag along that God has not assigned to you? What family family member are you trying to drag along that God has not assigned to the land where you are going that is going to cause God to be in opposition to you? Be very careful. Be very careful. See, because people have made a decision and they have made a choice. And just like they have made decisions and choices, God is not going to cross their decision and he is not going to uh, make null and void their choice. He gives us the right to choose. So if you're trying to drag someone with you that has not made choice of God, God as in God, the father, the son, the, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit, they have not made choice of the Godhead. They have not made choice to follow him, to be obedient to him, to him, leaders, I'm not talking about to you. I'm talking about to him. If they have not made choice to choose him, people of God, I'm not talking about their loyalties to you, people of God. I'm talking about their loyalties to God himself. If they not, have not pledged or surrendered their loyalties, their loyalties to Christ, himself. If they do not believe on Christ himself, that is not a person that you want to drag with you. Why? Because they will not have any land. God has already abandoned them. He says that if you're doing what he asked you to do, that he's going to be with you. He's not going to fail you. He's not going to abandon you. He's going to remove the opposition. Dragging people along who have not made choice of God will cause you to be in opposition, to be alone, because God will fail you and he will abandon you. Why? Because you have something tainted in your camp. Did we not already learn that lesson? Did we not already learn that lesson that we have something in our camp that is not God's, that does not belong to God, that chooses not to obey the will of God? I'm going to leave that there. Verse six, be strong and be confident and be courageous for you will give this people, this is Joshua. He's telling, God is telling Joshua, you be strong leader, you be courageous. Why? Because you're going to give the people as an inheritance, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. So for all of you people, people who think that you can go without your leader, that you're going to some kind of way, Manifest the promises of God for your life without your leader, without your leader, you've got nothing. You're already in opposition to God. You're already in opposition to God. Why? Because it is the leader. It is the leader that leaders, listen, it is you that is going to give the people the inheritance. It doesn't say be strong and confident and courageous for I am God and I will give the people the inheritance of the land, which I swore to the fathers. No, God is telling Joshua, you need to be strong. And you need to be courageous. Why do you need to be courageous? Because you may be met with opposition. I'm going to be, I'm going to be there to protect you and fight that battle, but it does not mean that there won't be a battle. 
So you be strong and you be courageous. Why? Because you're going to give the people the land as an inheritance. And you need to know, leader Joshua, when you give the people there for an inheritance, give them their land that God has promised them for an inheritance. If they will not fight, if they will not fight, you have to be courageous because all you can do is give it to them. We find out later that Joshua tells them, now you got to fight for it. You have to fight for it. That's why God told them, be courageous and be confident. Be courageous and confident in what I'm telling you and the instructions that I'm giving you because you're going to have to give the people the land. And as we find out later, some of them aren't going to want to fight for that. But you have to be courageous and confident in what I've told you that is theirs. So that if they choose not to fight or not to completely clear the land, as we find out for some of them left, some of the people in the land only fought. But so far, if they choose to do that, that is not on you. You did your part, leader. You were strong. You were confident and courageous in what I told you. And you assigned the people their land. You did let them know where their land was. See, this wasn't a foremade promise to our forefathers. And the type of inheritance that we have is was a previous promise made. And we don't get, this is the thing that we have to understand. For what God, I'm, I'm sidebarring here, for what God is going to give each and every one of us that believe, it is not for us to be wonderful with stuff. It is not for us to be wonderful because he says, for you will give this people an inheritance, meaning you have earned nothing. You have worked for nothing. This inheritance is not an inheritance, an inheritance by definition that you can earn, that you can work for. It is given just like the gift of salvation. It is given as with most gifts. As by definition, it is given, it is taken for granted and requires careful attention. Most gifts are taken for granted, which means it requires careful attention on purpose to care for that gift respectfully. Salvation, it's a free gift. It's a free gift to be maintained. We can't forget God's initial requirements, the initial requirements of the Ten Commandments I'm talking about. We can't forget that gift of salvation. This gift that God's about to give us, we have to treat it like the gift of salvation that he gives us, that he has given us. Now, how did we treat that gift? How did we treat that gift? How how did we how did we manage that gift of salvation? Because what God is giving us, we're going to have to manage it a little bit better than we manage the gift of salvation because we took that gift of salvation for granted. We couldn't even maintain it with the basics, the Ten Commandments, the basics of what God required. We were creating idols. We were we were we were creating idols. We were not keeping God's day holy. We were not honoring our father or mothers naturally or spiritually. We were, we were committing murder with our mouths, with murdering others' characters, murdering the works of others. We were, we've been committing adultery. We've been having other gods before with our God. We've been adding to that's adultery. We can't be faithful to our God, our Lord, our Savior. We're stealing. We won't give. We won't tithe. We won't give offerings. We won't. We should be giving way more than tithes and offerings. That's an Old Testament principle. But now we have more. We should be able to give more. We're not doing that. We're not. We're not. We're bearing a false witness against our sisters and our brothers and Christ. Don't even know them. And one, one, one fault, and we're ready to fling them and throw them. We are, we are not committed to love. We are not committed to relationships. We covet everything that's not ours. Want everything that God has not given us. Come on, we have to do better. 
We must do better. It's the prerequisite for moving into the land that God has promised us. How do we treat our salvation today? That will tell us a lot. How we treat our salvation today will tell us if God is going to choose us to walk with a leader into a land and receive an inheritance. That's going to tell us a lot. You have a moment, make some changes. It's just a matter of changing your mind. It's just a matter of changing your mind. Verse seven says, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do. That means on purpose, do it on purpose. Do everything in accordance with the entire law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Let me pause here because right now what he's, what Moses commanded, we have to recognize that as the foundation. It is the foundation on which we stand today. And he tells us in the remainder of that verse, do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you can prosper and so that you can be successful wherever you go. This is what the Amplified Version says. We recognize what was taught to Moses as being our foundation, our foundation sidebar here. We cannot rip up the foundation. We cannot rip up the foundation and expect that we will be prosperous or that we be or that we will be successful. Let me tell you something to my to my younger, to my millennials, and I believe I, they call it my Y generation or my X generation. To you all, let's be clear. We can't throw away we can't throw away our senior sufferers in the kingdom of God. We can't throw them away and expect to be prosperous and expect to be successful. It is impossible. Why? It's like trying to, let me paint you a picture. It's like trying to picture a a concrete floor laid and it's smooth, it's laid and you're standing on it. When you try to remove your founding fathers, your founding mothers, the senior sufferers in the kingdom of God, and you, you, when you try to move them, it is like taking, um, I forget what that machine is, it's called that, that you break up the concrete with the concrete breaker upper. <laughs> we'll call it that. Um, that machine that you break up the concrete with. It's like when you break up that concrete, what happens? It's like big stones and big cracks. And you can't stand on it and stand still because the stones that are cracked and, and move, they're now movable. So if you don't stand purposely still in one little spot, if you try to walk on that foundation, your feet might get caught in between the cracked cement and the dirt and you and you could break your leg you could strain your you can strain you can uh, strain your ankle it's like um if you picture like a pothole all of a sudden i've seen pictures on the news sometimes where water main breaks and there's huge potholes in the street it's like you are literally digging for yourself a huge pothole to fall into and who's going to help you young folk Who's going to help you when you fall into the ditch? All of you have fallen into the ditch. Who's going to pull you out? <clears throat> Who's going to pull you out? You must consider, consider this, that your senior suffers, your senior leaders, your senior pastors, your senior teachers, your senior evangelists, your senior sufferers in the kingdom of God. Consider this, that you are standing on a solid foundation that is their back. That is their back. So if they suddenly stand up or suddenly move away, you're falling down. You have just digged for yourself a pothole that's you don't even know how deep it is that you're going to fall into. Why? Because those senior sufferers have a wisdom have a wisdom that is the foundation on which you stand. This is why God said to him, to, said to Joshua, be strong and courageous and do everything in accordance with the entire law that Moses commanded him. So Joshua couldn't just walk in and tell the people, now I don't care what Moses said. I don't care what he's taught you. All that we learned and how to, um, 
how to give gifts to God, how to bring offerings to God, all that we learn, the foundation of how of what we understand of God. I don't care what Moses told you, throw it all away. I'm going to teach you a new thing. That's antiquated. You don't need to know that. What you need to know is what I'm about to tell you. Don't worry about what he said about God. I'm about to show you who God is now because I have a new way of looking at God. I have a new download. That's an antiquated download. So if if if, if Joshua would have came like that, that would have caused a collision, a collision that would have built one of those deep potholes that I just described when a water main breaks, the pressure of trying, of trying to completely replace a foundation while you're standing on it is going to cause a combustion of an explosion that's going to blow up and leave a big ditch in the ground that you're going to fall into. So you need, you need the senior sufferers. Listen, when the Bible talks about honoring, when the Ten Commandments talks about honoring your father and your mother, that your days may be long upon the earth. It's not just referring to your natural father and mother. It's referring to your spiritual father and mother. It's referring to your spiritual leaders. It's referring to your spiritual senior suffers so that your days can be long upon the earth so that you will have a foundation by which you can stand so that your days will be long upon the earth, not in the earth after you fall in a ditch and can't get out. Remember this, you need the wisdom. You don't, I know it seems like, I know it appears like you don't need that wisdom, that you don't need that understanding, but I promise you the ditch is going to be your portion. The deep ditch is going to be your portion portion if you don't learn to respect your senior sufferers your days will not be long on in the earth because your days will be spent in a deep pit you will descend and be unable to ascend without wisdom pulling you out now if you have killed the wisdom, if you have broken the back of the wisdom of the foundation where you stand, who's going to pull you out? Who's going to pull you out? Be very, very careful. Very, very careful. I'm not, I am always open to learning new approaches, to learning the newer technology. I'm a learner. I'm a student. I'm a learner. If every day that you wake up, seniors, this is for you, senior sufferers, every day that you wake up is an opportunity to learn something new, to do something different, to learn a different way to do things, to upgrade, to upgrade. So to my seniors, don't throw away our younger people don't throw. I wouldn't be here today if the older people threw me away. I wouldn't be here today if the older people made an assumption about me and lumped me in with the crowd and, and decided that I wasn't worth their time and their effort. I wouldn't be here today. Listen, you have to be willing to raise up that new generation and you have to be patient. You have to be patient. Guess what? Through their resistance. You have to be patient because they don't know what they don't know. So you have to wait on it and you have to wait on them. Now, you could not, you could not and make yourself completely useless in the earth realm, because if you're not raising up the next generation, then what legacy exactly are you leaving? So we must be careful to the senior sufferers. We must be careful, careful, and we must be patient with our younger people. And with our younger people, be respectful and be patient with your seniors. Sit at their feet and be willing to learn and be willing to learn. Be willing to learn. Otherwise, you will subvert your own foundation. Chapter verse eight, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. So he's telling Joshua, you keep it forever. Listen, we're still holding to those 10 commandments. They still mean something today. It's a foundation that was established 
over four, all, while they were going around the mountain in their 40 years. And it still means the same thing and has the same value today. If I chose to ignore the Ten Commandments today, I'd be stealing, I'd be lying, I'd be coveting things that are not mine, I'd be disrespectful. So we still, we still are standing on on those on what Israel learned in their in their near 40 years going in circles. We're still standing on that. So we respect even their circles. We respect the many times they went around just so that we could have a foundation, so that we could have a foundation. And it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall read it and you're going to meditate on it day and night so that you can be careful to do everything in accordance to all that is written in it for then. Once you can meditate on, on your foundation, once you can meditate on what you've been taught, young people, another thing, older people, they have experiences that you haven't yet had. We can keep you, we can keep you from making the same mistakes. I share with my children mistakes that I've made because I don't want them to make the same mistakes. The same my parents shared with me mistakes that they made because I was that kid that felt like I don't have to do this. If you've already done it, you can just tell me and we can avoid this whole thing. We can avoid. My mother used to whip your tail. So we can avoid this whole go out to the tree it was this huge tree in my yard and it had lots of branches and leaves. And when my when I got in trouble, you had to go pick what my mother called a switch, meaning you had to go break a branch that tree and that's what you were going to get with and you better not come with one that was thin and was going to break easy because then you were really going to get it you were really going to get it curse that tree every time i go by that house that daggone tree because that was my whipping post that tree so you got to think about these things when you're when you're not when you're that person that you want your way to be prosperous and you want to be successful what why are you setting yourself up for for a whipping from god why would you why would you not want to learn from somebody else and just tell me just tell me just tell me no, you don't want to go that way because that way is going to yield this, that, and that, just this, that, and the other. And even if I didn't like it, I listened because I didn't want the consequences. Why? Why, young people, don't be people that must see the consequences for yourself. Some things, some things you can avoid and your ways can be made prosperous and they can be made successful if you're willing, if you're willing, giving God what he gave him and not what he gave Moses. See, I said that statement because I thought about that when God told him, meditate on what Moses what Moses taught you, because then your ways are going to be prosperous and they're going to be successful. Meditate on the book of the law that I gave to Moses. See, because Moses got it the hard way. Moses got it right when it was happening. And we know from Moses' journey that he didn't always handle it very well. He got the lessons right then and there. And he's telling, he's telling Joshua here, if you meditate on the laws and the and the instructions that I gave Moses your way your way can be prosperous and your way can be more successful and and Joshua needed to hear that you know why because there were those that had died off when Joshua remember went and looked at the territory nearly you know 36 37 years prior that it took him 40 days to get to and to look at what God was going to give them. So he was able to see the reaction of the people. He was able to see the reaction of those that did not believe that had died. And now what he was leading across at the age of between 58 and 68, now that the people that he were leading across were those folks' children. Were those folks' children. So he knew what was in their parents. So he's looking at them and he's like, I got to remember. God's like, remember the law that, remember what I gave Moses now. Remember what Moses suffered through. 
And so he's got to handle it differently now with their children. And we're going to see where he handled a lot of things differently, where he was like, listen, you're going to go over here and this is what you're going to do. Now, if you're not going to do it, then that's on you. Because he remembered, I remember your mama. I remember when your mama gave Moses a hard time and I ain't even going to tolerate this foolishness from you. You're going to take your children and you're going to fight for your family and you're going to go over there and you're going to conquer the land. And if you don't, that's on you. Because he wasn't going to get into this, making the same mistakes that Moses led, made, which, which, uh, which the law were there to help him to avoid. So God is saying, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Don't forget what Moses went through. You were there. You were walking with Moses. You saw it. You know how close that land was. You know it was a 40-day journey. You're part of the group that went and spied out the land. You're also a part of the group that came back and gave the good report, and you saw how some of their forefathers acted. You know. Don't forget. Don't forget. And then he says in verse 9, have I not commanded you? You be strong. And you be courageous. Don't be terrified or dismayed. Don't be intimidated, he said. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. He's telling him, this is what I want you to do. You be strong. You be confident. You be courageous. And I'm saying this to you all. As we go, as we go to, to receive the land that God has given us, be strong. Be confident. Be courageous. Do not. Do not, do not, and I'm saying this because it's young going over as well as old, do not turn away from the foundations that you have been taught. Do not turn away from it. You meditate on God's word. You meditate on you. You meditate on God's word. Why? Because that's what's going to help you to maintain prosperity and success. You do not have to be terrified. You do not have to be intimidated. Yes, there will be opposition. Yes, there will be. Yes, there will be those that will resist, resist you coming into the land. Yes, it will be. Yes. But God has already already promised to remove them out of your way. He's promised to remove them out of your way. But guess what? If he's going to remove them out of your way, that means you got to show up. You got to show up with, with your strength. You got to show up in confidence. You got to show up with your courage and you got to show up with the word of God. And that is the only way that you are going to win this battle. You got to show up intact. You have to show up with what God gave you. You must show up. You must show up. You cannot leave anything on the table. Don't leave your don't leave your strength behind. Don't leave your strength behind. Don't leave your confidence or your courage behind. Definitely don't leave the word of God behind. Don't do that. And you cannot listen. Listen. We had a time. We had a time where God allowed us to do it afraid. We had a time, but now he's telling Joshua, don't be terrified. In other words, he's saying to him, you can't be fearful. You can't be fearful and you definitely cannot be intimidated. You can not be intimidated. You have to be confident. You have to be confident in what God has given you. You have to be confident in activating what God has given you. You have to be confident in acting on what God has given you. The, the, the plan, the promises of God, they are in your hand. And what it comes down to is how will you work these promises that God has for you. And I have more, but I'm going to pause right there. I'm going to pause right there. And then next week we will go to Acts 1 because I like to give you something to think on. I like you to think on it and I can't give you too much because then you might miss something. So I like to give you a little at the time so that you can think on it. And I want you to think on for, for this week, not, not Acts 1, but I want you to think on what I've shared with you and Joshua 1. I want you to think on the fact that there are expectations to exiting because today we're talking about exit expectations. I want you to be clear on the fact that God is indeed positioning you for an assigned territory where he is going to make his promises known unto you. He's already letting us know some of the promises. There'll be no opposition. He's going to be with us. He's not going to fail us. He's not going to abandon us. He's letting us know that our job, our 
job, don't forget your job is to be strong. Your job is to be confident, courageous. Do not, do not turn away from the foundation that Christ has already established. Don't be terrified and not intimidated. We can no longer operate in fear. We must move forward in the confidence and in the strength that is God. We must stand with a crowbar in our back upright and own the promises of God that have been assigned to all our life. Because guess what? When we go to take this land that we're going to have to fight, we're going to have to move out anything in the territory that is not God's because it's our land. So we can't be scared. We can't be intimidated. Yes, there may be giants. Yes, there may be people bigger, powerful in their mind than you, than they think you are. But you got to remember, you are standing with the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is nothing and no one more powerful than our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we have we have no need to fear. We have no need to fear. Be confident, be strengthened in the promises that God has given you in our exit expectations. This is what God expects from us as we exit. We'll continue with this on next week. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, we thank you, God, for giving us the wisdom of the foundation in which we stand. We thank you, O oh God, for planting our feet firmly on a solid foundation. We thank you, O oh God, that you have promised to never leave us and never forsake us as we move forward to take over the land that you have assigned to our hands. We commit today, God, to being strong and confident, never fearful. We will stand in your strength. We will stand in your power and we will stand in your might. We know that we are not alone. We are not alone and we thank you for the army of angels that surround us as we move forward, God. Thank you for the wisdom to build, the wisdom to excavate, to excavate. We thank you for the wisdom to excavate the land. We thank you, oh God, for the wisdom to build. We thank you, oh God, for the wisdom to build the altars and to build the sanctuaries. We thank you, oh God, that you're making our way clear. We thank you, oh God, that you're giving us the words of wisdom to, wisdom to draw all men unto you so that they may be saved. We thank you, oh God, that all that you are putting in our hands is for the kingdom, for building the kingdom of God. And we will not it unto ourselves. We will be free. Our hands are wide open. Our hands are open to build. Our hands are open to receive. Our mouths are open to speak your oracles, oh God. And we thank you, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for keeping us for such a time as this. We thank you, oh God, that you rescued us. You rescued us over and over from the hand of the enemy. But today we stand. But today we stand in your freedom. We stand, oh God, in your works, God. And we thank you, oh God, for being our keeper. We thank you, oh God. We give you glory and we give you all the honor. You're the only one that's kept us, the only one that has stood by us. And we thank you, oh God, that you're our savior, our Lord, and our strong tower, and our deliverer. We give you glory and we bless your name. We bless your name. Thank you so much for joining me on this evening. I appreciate you all and I'm praying for you all. I'm praying for each and every person under the sound of my voice. I pray for each of you daily and I thank you all for, for listening and taking in what God is saying. And I admonish you to read over Joshua 1 over and over and over and over. Every version, apply it to your life practice it on purpose. Thank you so much. Everyone have a good evening. I'm praying for you.